Word for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alger and welcome you to visit us in person or online at gracepointlakewood.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-L-A-K-E-W-O-O-D dot com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone, and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are always welcome. Bibles, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 13. It's right after 1 Corinthians 12, in case you want to know. See, they're hungry for more. They're eating more of Jesus. They don't even know they're eating them, but he's getting them. 1 Corinthians 13. Three words I have. That's all I have today. Three words that will change your life forever. Three words. The three words are love, secure, and confident. Three words. When you go to 1 Corinthians 13, I mean, there's a chapter before that called 1 Corinthians 12. And if you go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31 after reading all about what the body of Christ is about, that's really what it's about, 12, spiritual gifts and the body, what the body's about, the body of Christ, how it's put together, how the Lord put it together with the different gifts. But at the end, verse 31, I think verse 31 actually goes with 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Because he says, But earnestly desire the best gifts. He says, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And then he starts talking about love, what love is all about. Amen? He starts off with, love suffers long as kind, verse 4. But I just want to get to that one verse, verse 8. Love never fails. Will you close your eyes with me just a minute? Just do this with me, a little exercise. Close your eyes and say, Say to yourself, love never fails. Love never fails. Keep saying that. Love never fails. Amen? And then if you were to go down to the last verse of this chapter, it says, and now, and now abide faith. I mean, faith is very necessary, according to Hebrews 11. Without it, it says we cannot please God. And now abides faith and hope and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. See, when we know that we are loved by God, and we live that life, live a life that makes us feel loved, we live loved we will know that we are secure. 
You know, 98% of the world's problem today is insecurity. A lot of times, a lot of people in the church are very insecure. They don't know who they are. And you know what insecurity breeds? Fear. It breeds fear. They don't know what's going to happen next and who's going to take, take care of them. When God said to them, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you all the time. Those are his promises. But sometimes when we're going through difficult times, you know, we don't remember those things. We need to be reminded. That's why we need to encourage one another. You know, constantly encouraging one another. But when we know that we are loved and we live loved, then we will know that we are secure. And when we are secure, we will become confident people in our callings from God. We'll be confident that when God calls us to do something, there won't be a question. We won't wonder, can we do this? We'll know God by that time because we're living loved. Amen? But I've learned over the years, 37 years now pastoring, love can be messy. Say that with me. Love can be messy and good at the same time. It's, a, like, a, it's like a coin. You could have a heads and a tail. Love can be messy. People can be complicated. How many ever had any family that are complicated? Just me? <laughs> people can be complicated and people can be very unpredictable and very inconsistent and very complex. As often as we try to put people into our boxes, you know, real easy Jesus boxes that we have made for them, they insist on breaking out. And that means relationships can be very messy. Husband and wife relationships can be very messy. Brother and sister relationships, brother and brother relationships, father and son relationships. See, real love in real life is endlessly messy. It's a glorious and captivating and frustrating and agonizing all at the same time. Do you agree? Sometimes life can be beyond common sense. Love. Love never fails. Sometimes that's beyond our common sense. See, God wrote an essay when he wrote 1 Corinthians 13 to understand and describe what love is. Love is patient, kind, humble, protective. Love doesn't get angry easily, doesn't hold grudges, and isn't rude. Why are these descriptions necessary? Have you ever asked a question yourself? Because people in general love to test every single one of these claims. How many know that? You're trying to be patient with somebody, but they don't want to be patient. You're trying to be kind, but they don't want to be kind. Love can be messy and good at the same time. And sometimes long before 9 a.m. in the morning, you have tested all of these descriptions. Have you noticed that the people we love aren't perfect? And they could be so lovable and then pow! Because love is messy. Because people are messy. But what's even better is God our Father embraces our messes. Let's go to Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Romans 5 verse 8. What does it say? New King James. 
But God. Two favorite words in the Bible. But God. And it's not but with two T's either. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Long before we... I'm convinced that we didn't choose God. He chose us. It says that in the book of John. John 15. He's, he said He chose us long before we chose Him. He pursues us more than we pursue Him. He's just trying to get us to stop so He can catch up. Amen? But God demonstrated His own love towards us and why we were yet sinners. And His love is constant. God's love is constant. And it's powerful and it's dependable at all times, no, no matter what our behavior. And He remains committed to loving us no matter how creative we sabotage our own lives. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of creative people that are sabotaging their own lives today. We are loved even when we don't deserve it. The Bible says that if we are faithless, He remains faithful. For He cannot disown Himself. That's 2 Timothy 2 verse 13. His love is grounded in His very nature and it doesn't falter in the face of our failures. He embraces us, messes and all. God isn't waiting for you or for us to fix yourself, ourselves, because He accepts you just as you are. You know, we got this crazy nuts idea that we have to get cleaned up before we come to church. Oh, no. You just need to come as you are. He'll do the work. And the work He began in you, He will finish. What He started, He will finish. He'll complete it. All you have to do is be willing. Make room. Do what you want to do, Lord. Make room. And He's not standing outside your life holding a checklist, waiting for you to get yourself together in enough areas before He can tolerate you. That's humanity. That's not divinity. There's a great story in Luke 15, if you go there with me. We won't, I can't read the whole thing and we can't study it long, but I'm just going to give you some quick thoughts on it. Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. It's about a father who had two sons. He had a son who was a nut job. Yeah. That's how I describe him, a nut job. He was a certifiable jerk. He wanted his inheritance before his father died. He wanted it now, and he didn't want anything, no, other, no, other, no questions asked. So he dishonored his father and his family. He lost a whole lot of his father's money, not even, not even his own money. And then, then after all the craziness... He comes to his senses and he says, I need to go home. Because I, I could live better at my father's home as a servant 
even though I left as a son. But when he comes home, he doesn't realize it, but the father says, I maintain my heart's forgiveness for you even while you were gone and all of your nuts, crazy life. And when you're, as soon as he walks to his father, he doesn't even let the son rehearse his speech. He hugs him, kisses him, and he calls his servants, the father's servants, to get his ring, his best calf, his robe, his shoes, and give it to the son. Amen? You can leave home. You could drift away from God at any time. But I'll tell you what, you're always going to be a son. You're not going to come home a servant. You're going to come home a son. And the father didn't care about the complexities of the problems or the obstacles. He just, he's, he just, the picture is God just loves his kids. He loves us. No matter what their behavior looked like. I mean, was the other son a good son? No, he was an angry son. When the father says, hey, your son's home, your brother's home, come on, let's celebrate. It's time to party. He came home. What did the older brother say? I'm not going. I'm going to be angry still. I'm going to be mad still because I live by rules. I'm a legalist. I'm a legalist. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of legalists in the church. I tell you, God's going to deal with your legalism. He'll deal with it. And you're not going to be able to get rid of it just by singing one song. Shake off that tradition. Get rid of that old religion. You can't just do it by singing one or two lines. God's going to get you. He's going to work on you. Amen? I don't know about you, but I have a lot of legal. I still have legalism in me that he has to get rid of. Amen? But love at all, at all four points is messy. And in our human relationship, this ability to love, to embrace the messiness of reality is essential because love never fails. You could have faith, you could have hope, but love is the greatest. Earnestly pursue love. Amen? And love is all about one thing, people. I'm sorry you can't get away from it. You can run and hide if you want and live by yourself, but it's all about people. And it's about openness. It's about being able to be intimate, vulnerable, honest, and imperfect altogether. It's scary because there's no guarantee in any kind of a love relationship. There's no guarantee that we'll be safe and be in control. We're going to do it my way, Frank. So he's saying, oh, Frank, he's saying it. We're going to do it my way. Then all things will be okay. See, love is complicated and beautiful. Love is painful and glorious all at the same time. And when we understand just how much God loves, embraces us in our imperfections, our imperfections. When he embraces us. See, when we start allowing his love to embrace us and we start living loved, then we can get rid of our insecurities. But until that time, your insecurities are going to be with you. You're going to live in your disappointments because you never took the D off and put an H there for his appointment. 
We'll talk about that in some upcoming Sunday, how to overcome disappointment, which is another three words, three words I want to give you at a different time. But true love is committed. Love always hopes and it never fails. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Well, my Bible opened right there. Verse 31, it says, What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. You can say amen there. Because I don't know about you, but I am so glad that God's made Jesus and make an intercession for me. I could live secure knowing that. I can live in peace. I can live confident that the work that he began in me, he will complete it. The work he began in you, he will complete it. Even for those that you love, even though the love might be messy. It's still glorious and good at the same time. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? That pretty much speaks about everything in our world. As it is written, for your sakes we are killed all day long and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So when you understand how much he loves you and you start living loved, you can live secure. You can live confident. And then when God asks you to do something, it's so easy peasy. It's not hard because you're living loved. And you know that no matter what I'm asked, I can do it with his help because he lives within me. He's not out there. He's not standing next to me with a checklist waiting for me to mess up. Amen? For I am persuaded, verse 38 says, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing that includes you, you're a created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, God's love does not waver or fail. It will not be stopped. And even when we fall short, it achieves its purposes. Even when we fall short, God's love does not. It holds fast to us. It restores us. Let me tell you something, just a little something, little tidbit something. The atonement whether it was Old Covenant or New Covenant. The atonement was never about punishment. Listen. It was always about restoration. It was always about making us better. It was always about salvation and deliverance and healing. It was always about restoration. Get it in your head. Atonement was never about 
punishment. Never. It was always about love and restoration. See, God's love is committed to our success. You got that, Dave? God's love is committed to our success. You got that, Leah? God's love is committed to our success. You got that, Amy? God's love is committed to our success. Always. True love perseveres and preserves. Love is committed to the success of the other person and of the relation, relationship. Love is giving. In fact, it is being very generous because love never fails. It's sacrificial and not selfish. Love is willing to pay the cost for the relationship to be successful and God's love is a love that constantly gives to us. And that's why we could take the sign John 3.16 and go to the football game and, and put up John 3.16 and be, a, be confident of one thing, that God's love is committed to our success. Amen? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. you gotta, you got you to read verse 17 too. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, because a lot of people think Jesus is all about condemnation. He's not. He's all about love. Why did He come? Because He loves us. His love was towards us while we were still sinners. He was still chasing us. Because he wants us to be restored to who we were called to be. Our original design from the beginning of time. But that the world through him might be saved. Who's going to be saved? The world. The world. <laughs> I can get some really crazy thoughts right now, but I'm going to stick to my <laughs> teaching because God's going... <laughs> He gave His Son to die as us, and He gave His Spirit to live inside us and help us. So at, at, every, at every place, the Holy Spirit is with you. You could, you could ignore Him, you know. Like it says in the Bible, many are called, but most leave the phone off the hook. You know, most people don't want to hear God. You know, they want, they, they, and you could hear Him for yourself. He'll wake you up in the middle of the night. Sometimes when you wake up in the middle of the night, it's not pizza. It's not that you have a problem and I've got to go get a seat test. I can't sleep. It's about God waking you up to pray, waking you up to study, waking you up to read, waking you up to get to know Him. Even in the night hours, God works the night shift. We've got to get our heads together here. Read the life about Jesus. When Jesus walked with his disciples all day and they went back to their houses or wherever they were staying to go to sleep, Jesus left them and went up into the mountains to seek the Lord and to pray to the Father. Sometimes for the whole night. Huh? That defies a little bit about what doctors think 
or science thinks. Somebody says, follow the science. I say, follow Jesus. Because when Jesus came down off the mountain and the boys were in the middle of the lake and they couldn't handle the boat, Jesus just walked on the water to catch them. He didn't need to get another boat. He'd have to rent another boat. He didn't have to get another little kayak and go out there. I've got to get find my boys. They're in trouble. I've got to go get them. He just walked right up on the water and just, just walked right out to them. In John 14, it says, These works shall we do, and even greater works than these shall we do. Because we've spent time with the Lord. Amen? And as daily as He forgives us, when we're forgiven, listen, you know the great thing is about forgiveness? It strengthens us. It gives us strength. It gives us a, a restoration, and it encourages, encourages us. His love isn't for His benefit, but for ours. And have you noticed that loving small children means losing sleep? we have any mothers in here? How many know that loving small children means losing sleep? Am I right, Leah? It means losing privacy. They want to jump in bed with mama. And mama says, come on, I need some privacy. It means losing income. Because they not, they're not just happy with one gallon of ice cream. They need three gallons to make them happy. And actually, loving small children means losing some level of sanity. See, relationships with adults requires a willingness to give. And God created women to love. You notice the father's he's in the bed sleeping, snoring. And mama's doing the work. You know? And mama thinks when daddy gets up, he should start working and he, she should start sleeping. But that ain't happening either. <laughs> but we give each other forgiveness for faults and freedom to express feelings, room to fail, and time to heal. This does not mean that true love allows itself to be victimized by an abuser. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. See, love gives. But it does so for the mutual benefit for those in the relationship. Not to enable an abuser to continue manipulating you or anyone else because love is a choice. How many choose love? I mean, it can be messy. Because you've got to working with unpredictable people. Love gives, but that giving doesn't take away freedom, self-worth, or choice. Here's what an unknown person wrote about love years ago, some years ago. He wrote these words, and I, I'll probably conclude in a few minutes here. <laughs> I'm trying, really, I'm trying. This is what he wrote. I am loved... So I love without reservation. My capacity to give and receive love is beyond measure. And I am protected by the truth that nothing can escape the reach of my Father God's love. And this eternal love extends beyond the confines of time, connecting every culture, generation, and location. God's perfect love expels all fear. 
inviting me to love those, including myself, including myself, who are scary to love. And that's one of the biggest things today in a society. People can't love themselves because they don't know who they are. They don't know what Jesus did for them. But when it's all said and done, I can love others because my Father first loved me. I'll tell you, if you have to work on that, take some time and do it. Take some time to learn the love of God loving you. Because you're never going to be able to give it away unless you first love you. And you allow Him to love you. I am loved, so I love without reservation. And all this leads me into becoming a person who is secure. When I know that I'm loved and I start living loved, I become secure. I become confident. And then I can move on to other things and do the things that God called me to do. I'm skipping pages right now. If you were here with me, you would see it going on. Let me go to one more scripture here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bibles or your iPads or your iPhones or whatever, you, whatever device you have, it's okay. As long as you go to 2 Corinthians with me. Chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Second Corinthians 12. Well, I'm in 1 Corinthians. That don't work. That didn't look good at all. 10, 11, 12. Okay, I'm there now. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. I tell you something, when you're weak, you're strong. When you're undone, you're strong. When you're a mess, you're strong. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10, therefore, he says, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. We are not interns in a company run by God trying to prove your worth so you can be a permanent position. Listen, you are a son and a daughter with a position in the family that cannot be taken from you. Even if you run off with the Father's money, yes, God's desire for you is to live in security and confidence rather than fear. But these lessons are learned over time by facing difficulties in life and seeing God's continued faithfulness. God's faithful. Our current failures, our immaturities, our weaknesses, our fears don't disappoint God. They disappoint you. You got the problem. He ain't got the problem. When you make mistakes, you got a problem. And it's not God. God loves you the same. He's not irritated by your behavior. If he was, how would any of us be saved? <laughs> I couldn't be saved. How about you? He isn't ashamed of you, even if you are ashamed of yourself. 
He is deeply, irrevocably, unbelievably in love with you. And because he loves you, he is committed to helping you grow in security and to grow in confidence. No matter what you go through, he's still your rock. He's still your fortress. He's still your refuge. And he's still your way through the troubled waters. Our security is not found in our abilities to control every move in our lives. It's found in God himself. That's why Apostle Paul, who lived one of the most unsafe lives you can imagine, was able to say triumphantly, if God is for us, who can be against us? You talk about a guy that's been through it. Read about Paul. Imprisonments, in beatings, and death. He knew that true safety is found not in avoidance of risk, but in the all-powerful arms of God. And that's why David could face Goliath on the battlefield as a little shepherd boy. And that is why he's, they said he was somewhere around the age of 13 when he went to kill Goliath. Yeah, 13. Most of the American boys at 13 are playing baseball. David's going to face a giant and kill him with a little, a little pebble. Hit him right between the eyes. Killed that big boy. He didn't even have a sword. He had to run and get his sword and use it to cut off his head. Why, the rest of the army, the rest of Israel's army was back here. That's what they were doing. You think I should be in drama? Man, them, fo- them boys were afraid. They're afraid of Goliath. Here comes a little shepherd boy. Save a nation. One guy, one little boy, 13 years old. You did. My God is bigger than your God. Amen? I don't know who you're trusting, but I'm trusting that God saves. Amen? And all the God's promises are yes and amen. And with God as our security and source and His committed love for us, then the pathway to feeling secure is understanding His promises. He'll be with you. Wherever you go and whatever you do, God is always with us. He's always for us. He always forgives us. He always provides for us. And He always protects us. Amen? And every day and every way, remember that Jesus promised that His Holy Spirit would come, John 16, to live in us. And whether we realize it or not, God Himself has taken up residence inside of us, not to control us, but to encourage us and strengthen us. And God's promises that his presence will never leave us alone. Amen and amen. Can I say more? You betcha. But time is gone. And you need to have lunch. And enjoy the rest of your day. So I am done. Thank you. Thank you for that message, Pastor. That was wonderful. I think we all need a little bit more of uh, David in us, don't we? (laughs) Yes, you are loved. Hallelujah.
his love he has for you.
If you need prayer this morning, before you leave, I encourage you to come up here. And Pastor Kevin, someone will pray with you. If you need a need today, don't leave without getting prayer. I invite you to come up.
complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Have a great week, everybody. Be blessed.